0: The following programs' views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington.
2: <laughs> I'm losing my, my voice. Maybe too much turkey does that. I don't know. <laughs> Cause you got to lose your voice. Hey, first thing I want to talk about, we got an upcoming seminar. It is actually Thursday. There are a lot of seats left, probably because it's so close to the uh, uh, holidays. But the uh, this is going to be the last seminar of the year. Uh, so it's going to be 6.30, the tri C's Corporate College. It's free to attend. And well, seating is limited. I think we... Generally limited it to right around a hundred. The place holds about 150 so that no, you don't have to sit right on top of each other. So that's, that's kind of what we do. And, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about why would you want to learn how to pick stocks? And we're going to focus on that, on picking stocks and the, uh, that question. Why would you want to learn how to pick them? There are a lot of reasons. And the first ones, it's, probably not as difficult as you may think it is. The uh, media would love you to believe it's, you know, you got to have a secret uh formula that's extremely complicated and very hard to understand. Mm, yeah, yes and no, it's not completely true. And, and more often than not, it's actually very simple if you know what to look for. So we're going to show you that. You'd also like to uh, know how to pick stocks because it will make you a better investor. Uh, you'll be able to develop the ability to recognize the difference between a stock that's got a lot of potential and a stock that has lots of risk. Huh, a stock that has lots of risk. Is that grammatically correct? <laughs> you can see where my mind is this morning. Anyway, when you, uh, when you do this, you get a better understanding of what professional fund managers do. It'll make you a better client for a financial advisor. Somebody who really knows how to pick stocks. Is knows enough about it. If you really know how to do it and you have something else to do with your life, you know that you're probably not doing that with all or even most of your money. Most people don't. But having the knowledge to be able to do it makes you uh, or gives you the ability to select financial advisors that are probably going to be a lot more helpful, especially to you. And through all this stuff that you gain just by knowing how to pick stocks, it can help you develop a peace of mind, develop a peace of mind, <laughs> that, right, actually helps you develop peace of mind. And my headset keeps going in and out, so I have to apologize. Yeah. I'm going to try something else. And yeah, like that's better. There we go. Sorry about that. By the way, if you'd like to call, ask a question, 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945, I'm going to bring out at this workshop the 60-second test. I don't know how many of you remember from the blog that I wrote a long time ago. It's not up on the internet anymore, but the 60-second test is how you can tell whether a stock is potentially overpriced or underpriced in 60 seconds or less. There's no joke there. There is a relatively simple way. And if you read anything that any of the, the masters in the stock markets over the years have said about picking stocks, it's a relatively simple process. There's a big difference between simple and easy. A lot of people think that simple means easy. Nope. If that were true, hitting a 300-yard drive wouldn't be too difficult. you just get up there and whack away. Let's see, the thing is, you've got to whack at that golf ball, swinging incredibly hard to get it to go 300 yards, and it's really difficult to keep the club head flat when it strikes the ball when you're swinging that hard. <laughs> yeah, investing is a lot like that. It's relatively simple. Just make sure the club head is flat when you strike the ball. Doing it is another thing entirely. Well, a little difficult, but at least this way, you'll have an idea of what you're up against. and It'll give you an, an appreciation, I think, for the whole investment process because it is really important. Actually, there are two things important to being able to fund your retirement, which I think is the ultimate goal that most people should be working towards. Yeah, we'll go into that a little bit later in today's show. But there are two things you have to do. The first thing is you have to learn how to live beneath your means. That, that's a tough one. That's very difficult. That's the subject of an entirely different show. The second thing you have to do is learn to be uh, an, a capable manager of the, your portfolio. And in that, I mean, you don't, you don't want to end up in the 19 out of 20 people who do worse than the average balance fund does over long time periods. You realize that 19 out of 20 people would be better off running a, a generic balanced account, an account that's got stocks, bonds, and cash than they uh, are doing it themselves. And that's pretty interesting. People that have advisors, by the way, tend to do better. That's not a, A thought or a wish, that's a fact. Yeah, there are all kinds of studies on that. You can Google that too. So people that have advisors tend to do better. Are they going to pick Apple at its bottom and sell it at its top? Nope. Not even going to try because they know the the fallacy of of actually trying to do that. And even if you did get it once, (laughs) you have to do that over and over and over again. So it's very difficult to do. And anyway, what we'll talk about anything else that you guys would like to talk about as well. If you want to call in here 216-901-0945 216-901-0945, but I just just want to tell you, you know, Thursday nights the seminar is actually at 6:30 a little bit earlier than normal. It gets gets dark a little earlier. So in fact, it's probably already going to be dark by 6:30. But it it is going to be relatively short. This is really not all that difficult and how you apply this information in your lives, I think can have a big impact on your financial life. Anyway, uh, if you're there and paying attention to it. And I bring this stuff out because I like the educational process. I think it, it helps everybody helps me, helps my clients, helps other people. And, uh, the more knowledge you can get, the better. I don't like to mince words. So I'm going to try to keep it as short as possible, which I know everybody that, you know, my clients are going, Oh yeah, because. <laughs> They've been to some seminars where I've talked for, you know, 90 minutes. You know, uh, if you include the breaks in there, then, you know, you're there for two hours. This one's not going to be that way. We're actually, I'm going to hit the highlights and take questions. We're going to be there for a little less than an hour. And then you'll have the opportunity to come up, ask some questions. And then I have to hit the road because I actually got tickets to King and Country's uh, concert. That's also that night so I'm going to have to bust it downtown <laughs> from the seminar. So if uh, you've come in the past and you're worried about a seminar lasting really long and that was part of your decision-making process as to whether or not you're going to come, I can tell you, you should come. <laughs> it won't be that, you really won't be that long. In fact, most of the things around investing and retirement planning and financial planning in general are not as complicated As a lot of people like to make them, and I understand what happens is emotions get involved. Emotions get involved with stocks all the time. Most people that are calling in here talking about stocks, is Apple going to crash? Well, yeah, it's down. It's down somewhat. No more than any other uh, tech stock has been down. It's down 24% just uh, in the last few weeks from its high, from its all-time high. That's normal especially for a technology stock. That is absolutely normal. In fact, there was a time period where Apple had a 17-year period where the return was flat. I mean, you would not have made any money at the end of that 17-year time period. That's a stock. But it had fluctuated from year to year quite a bit, like a lot. Now, if Apple had been a part of a portfolio, first of all, that whole portfolio being down over 17 years is highly unlikely. The fact that it is going down and the portfolio is going to add to the position when it's down, because that's what they do, even when it's market cap weighted. We'll go into that a little bit later. But there's a really good chance that Apple contributed to the performance of an account that was rebalanced regularly. So think about that for a second. What is rebalancing? That's when you go and take a look at your portfolio and say, okay. This is where I was at the beginning of the year. Here's where I am now. This is where I feel like my risk tolerance is. I'm going to rebalance. That means I'm going to sell some of the stuff that's gone up a lot. I'm going to add to some of the stuff that's gone down. When doing, it, that's basically what happens when you rebalance your portfolio. You end up selling the stuff that's gone up and buying the stuff that's gone down. Now you'd better be pretty sure that the stuff you've gone that are that's gone down is uh, high quality. That's when you're looking at funds. How do they actually pick those stocks? If you're looking into a uh, um, the funds that have just gone up the most as the funds that have are the best ones, not a good idea. That is not a good idea. This This is the whole reason to do a workshop like this, an educational workshop. What is the investment process? What do professionals go through? What kinds of algorithms are those exchange-traded funds running? Algorithms is just a fancy way of saying it's a, That's a mathematical equation that they're going to pick stocks with. And the most popular one, incidentally, is the S&P 500. That is an algorithm. They're not picking those stocks. Now, Standard & Poor's will tell you that they've got some secret magic potion in that formula. (laughs) And I'm here to tell you it's size. It's size. So they buy the biggest and they put more money in the biggest relative to the smallest. That's called market cap weighting. Don't worry about it not knowing any of that. Not a big deal. But uh, there are some issues with doing things like that. that hopefully you can try to avoid or at least reduce the impact that that has on your portfolio. That's a big deal because it's actually done quite well. It's done incredibly well. You give it a long enough time period. But it's got these corrections all along the way. Corrections are time periods when stocks prices are dropping and S and P has got lots of corrections. It's actually got a couple periods of over 10 years where had you invested at the wrong time, you'd be waiting for a profit 10 years later. Think about that. It's one of the reasons that you don't want to just sell everything you got and put it all in the S and P 500. It kills me when I hear people who supposedly are, are giving out educational information and advice to say, yeah, I just put it in the S and P 500. Like what? Are you kidding? So some guy, some kid just got out of college. Let's say he got out of college 2 years before. He got out in 1998. Put in the S&P 500 for the first 2 years. Yay, yay, all right, this is awesome. And then 2000 comes along, March of 2000. Goes down 50%. So half of his money goes away. And then it takes 5 years to get back to where it was and then finally he's thinking, "All right, this is it." And then it does it again. <laughs> It goes down more this time than it did the first time. So 10 years later, that kid is 34, 35 years old right now and doesn't trust anybody. And that's why you don't want to give that kind of information away. It's incomplete. You know, it's an omission of material facts for you lawyers out there. <laughs> so anyway, it, it's a, uh, that is a tough way to go. And how did I get to this? I was thinking along the lines of, you know, how most people pick their funds, they look at the best what they feel like are the best performers and they look at very short time periods. You know, if you look at the Russell one thousand growth ETF, that's been lighting it up for five years now. Five years that thing has just been crushing everything else. So in this little decline, it's down about thirteen and a half percent in about a month. 13.5% Thirteen and a half percent in a month. Still got a great four or five year track record. A lot of the stocks in there are overpriced. If I'm looking to add to that whole, uh, add to my stock holdings, it's not that one. That would not be one of the ones I would be looking for. Why? Well, if you look at the top holdings, which is what we're going to do in the seminar, I'm going to pull up the top holdings. I'm going to run the sixty second test that tells you whether they're underpriced, overpriced, uh, or fairly priced. And you get to make up your own mind. You'll see. And you're going to see a lot of things that are just eye-popping. Certain stocks that are in these funds and you look at what people are paying for them, you're like, oh, wow. Why are they doing that? Well, I'll tell you why. Because they don't know the 60-second test. (laughs) They don't know that. And they should. And it would help. It would actually help. And what it would really do if everybody knew this, by the way, markets would actually become much more rational the way that the rational investor, the mythical rational investor is supposed to behave. <laughs> yeah, I've yet to meet that guy. I've uh, seen a lot of, actually, there are some rational investors. People call them like names like Warren Buffett, uh, Peter Lynch, John Neff. There are tons of them. They were rational investors. And they all went through periods, by the way, where their their stock portfolios were down quite a bit. I remember Warren Buffett writing somewhere, being quoted somewhere, saying that if you couldn't stand to see the value of your stocks drop by 50% or more, don't buy stocks. I thought he was kidding. I was new in the business, and I thought he was kidding. And then I find out a few weeks later, he was not kidding at all. Almost every stock that's been around for more than 10 years has been down at least 50% at least once. Wow. So how do you, how do you solve that problem of not wanting to be down 50%? Well, don't put all your money in one stock. First of all, diversify the holdings. Look at what is in the funds. Look how, figure out how they are investing that money. It's not that difficult to do, especially with the tools that you have today. One of the things that we do at Bullington Capital, which nobody takes advantage of, incidentally, (laughs) is we give you access to the Morningstar investment portal on this uh, When I set up your own personal website for you, we give you access to this portal so that you can go in there and look up the holding. You can do the 60-second test. You hear about a fund, you want to take a look at it, you can pull it up right there. If you want to do a web meeting, I'll pull up your account with you. I'll watch you do it. I'll give you the instructions on how to pull it up. You can pull up those funds. You can look at the top holdings in there, and you can have a pretty good idea of just how much risk that fund's actually taking. And that's a great thing, great thing to be able to do. I can't believe we could do it. I mean, it blows my mind when you think about how far the technology has come. It is mind-boggling. If you had told me I would be doing this twenty years ago, I'd be going, "Yeah, right." Come on. <laughs> twenty years ago, you to download video, you were just sitting there, constantly waiting while the, you remember that little thing that was spinning around on the screen and the, the video was was stuck and. Sometimes your whole computer, you'd have to just shut it down and restart the whole thing. (laughs) So 20 years ago, there was no way I would have thought that you would be able to do all the kinds of things that we're doing today. It's it's awesome. I I I love it. It's actually getting better. Uh, The part that hasn't gotten better is how difficult it is to deal with the ups and downs because actually stocks are more volatile as a result of computerization. That has had a pretty big impact. We'll talk a little bit more about that and a lot of other stuff when we come back. This is Bill Bullington on 1420 The Answer. Stay tuned. I'll be right back.
0: Round and round this world we go, forming truths from what we know, but it can never be foretold what
3: will happen. Is your lifestyle a busy one? Do you find yourself pulled in different directions? fight fatigue and occasional stress with quantum nutrition labs max stress b this b vitamin rich formula delivers advanced support for mood balance and energy levels as well as the liver brain immune system cardiovascular system and adrenal glands buy two bottles get the third one free call 888-588-7578 888 888- 588-7578 or visit us online at qnlabs.com that's qnlabs.com
1: Hi, I'm Dr. Bob Marshall, Ph.D., host of Healthline. Tune in to get your questions answered and hear the latest breakthrough information for you and your family. Our product line, Quantum Nutrition Labs, delivers what others only promise, nutrition that really works.
0: Listen to Healthline with Dr. Bob Marshall, Saturdays at noon on AM 1420, The Answer.
1: Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that we can give our daughters everything they need to grow and learn.
0: From an idea that started in 1967, Our Lady of the Wayside has grown to serve almost 900 children and adults with developmental disabilities throughout Northeast Ohio. It's an operation that is still growing thanks to tremendous support and generous donations like the Wayside's car donation program. You can donate your ride to the Wayside for a great tax write-off by calling 1-800-368-6262. The Wayside is also
1: looking for people to join their team. They hire for attitude and train for skills. Visit thewayside.org to apply. today temperatures are starting to drop and you know what that means old man winter is coming soon it's time to take a look at those windows doors and other problem areas of your home before it's too late now is the time to call joyce factory direct cleveland's family owned window manufacturer and remodeler to have one of their experts meet you for advice and on the spot pricing Proudly made right here in Cleveland, Joyce Windows features state-of-the-art technology like Thermacore composite reinforcements and their exclusive SmartShield high-performance glass, which means you'll be getting the most energy-efficient windows for your home directly from the factory. Customers love how much warmer their house is and how easy the windows operate and clean. Every window is made specifically for your home and installed by factory experts. Let Joyce Factory Direct improve your home now before it's damp and cold. Call to schedule a free appointment, 440-243-5700, or visit JoyceFactoryDirect.com.
2: Back, Hey, you're listening to William Bullington. I rarely call myself that. Yeah. But I'm here every Saturday morning, 11 to noon and 1420, the answer. Also, I think we uh, podcast this, uh, I know I do, at uh, 955thefish.com. So if you wanted to pick it up there, you go to my website, Bullington Capital, the same place to sign up for that seminar this Thursday evening. No cost to attend. Seating is limited. And uh, should be a lot of fun. And we bring uh, refreshments in there. And Tracy's Corporate College is a really nice facility. So uh, thankful that they built that years ago. I've been going there since it first opened. And it's a really nice venue for doing these types of meetings where we're going to be talking about learning how to pick stocks. Now, we're not talking about making you an expert at financial statements. That would take a very long time. What we're going to do is go through those financial statements and pick out those things that are the most important and how to focus on them. If you are going to, well, actually, if you're going to pick stocks, then this is mandatory knowledge that you have. If you're not going to pick stocks, it's still pretty important because if you don't know this material, when you're investing, all you have to go by is the past performance. And that is really, really tricky I mean, try this sometime. Try looking up in your rearview mirror at where you've just been to project the direction that you're heading. Yeah, that's called driving in your rearview mirror. <laughs> it's really difficult to do. I would not recommend doing that. Please don't go out and do that. Yeah, that is not going to turn out really well. But that's actually what people do in their investing. They look at the past one, three, five-year track record. Anytime I get the question... How do you do this year? I mean, this one year? That's, that's all you're concerned about. The, uh, and, and I get it. Yeah. You know, and by the way, I don't mean to, um, offend anybody. You just don't know any better. That's the bottom line. You don't know any better. My key question is, what are the top 10 holdings in the funds? What kinds of funds? Are they value oriented? Do they pay dividends? Can I see a list of the fund of the stocks in that fund? That's what I really want to know. And when you know that stuff, it actually helps. Uh, I think it helps calm you down when you see that there are these companies in there that you probably recognize. You know, Procter and Gamble, um, Colgate's a little overpriced. so is Sherman Williams actually, Sherwin Williams come, has come down quite a bit, so it might be getting to an attractive level here shortly. Let me pull it up on my. Nifty computer, which decided to time out on me. Yeah, it's still a little overpriced. But, you know, if you were buying that stock a couple of years ago, right before they made that major announcement, or if it's part of your portfolio because it's in there as a consumer stock. Consumer stock, by the way, is a, uh, there's consumer cyclical um, and then regular consumer stocks. My mind is going on me. I know they use other words for that. Um, but a consumer cyclical stock is something that's really uh, something that you buy once in a great while, like a car. You might not buy a new phone every year. Some people do. You might not buy a f- new phone every week, but you'll probably buy you know, food. <laughs> so Hershey's would be a consumer product company. And Sherwin Williams, that's paint. You know, you don't buy paint all the time, but it's not really expensive. And when something happens, you just go buy some paint, and an awful lot of people paint. And those that don't paint probably hire somebody to paint for them. So consumer types of stocks would be very good for uh more predictable sales and profit numbers. If you're trying to make an estimate, they're a little easier. And they call it consumer defensive, I'm sorry. The uh They're a little bit easier to forecast for. It's a little bit easier to forecast for Hershey's a little bit easier to forecast for firms like Clorox. Uh it's one of the reasons that those companies are tend to sell at a premium right now. They're a little bit ahead of where they historically should be. And uh that can be a problem if they get really far ahead of where they're supposed to be because then you have a correction that comes that's a lot more than, you know, 9 or 10%. 9 or 10% corrections are common extremely common they average we average a nine or ten percent correction typically it comes every 12 to 18 months And again that's another reason that if you don't know that or if you don't come to a seminar where we talk about that i'll show you the charts and i never say anything that i don't already have the data for so see what happens um you're, you're able to prepare for it because that's what it's really all you all you have to do is be prepared just be prepared Have somebody tell you like it is, listen to that, go back and and help yourself, look up some funds, do the 60-second test on a few stocks, and then go back to work. Don't worry. Worrying is a uh, makes people do things that they ordinarily wouldn't do. If you're worried about something, then you need to talk to somebody about it, especially if it's in your financial life, a lot of other areas in your life, too. We're talking to somebody really helps. This is one in particular where talking to somebody can probably help you out, especially if that person is a fiduciary. That's a big deal. Are you a fiduciary? If you're talking to a financial advisor and they're not a fiduciary, and I don't know, you know, what that means is, you know, they can accept commissions for products and what they represent is going to change the way that they get paid. If you're a an exclusively one hundred percent fiduciary, you're not allowed to do that. Okay. You get paid an asset based fee. You could charge by the hour, some people do. And but it doesn't matter what you invest in, what you buy, what you don't buy, it doesn't have any impact on that advisor's advice. Which is how Bullington Capital was set up originally. So all these fiduciary standards, fiduciary rules, all that stuff. I left 14, yes, yeah, 14 years ago. Yep. 14 years ago to be able to start a firm that operated ex- exclusively on the fiduciary standard so that everybody's, you know, on the same boat. When your assets grow, I get a raise. When they go down, I get a pay cut. By the way, I still have to pay the, the salaries of the people that, that work with me. I still have to pay my rent. So I'm pretty sure I see this, the fluctuation in income. A lot more intensely <laughs> than, than most people do. And that's okay. You know, that's what I signed up for. So I'm in it. And, uh, bottom line is I'm, I'm going to have your back because your back is my back. <laughs> We're in this together. What's good for you is good for me. And what's good for me is good for you. And, uh, so anyway, that's something that you might want to ask. Are you acting in a fiduciary capacity? The, uh, when you're talking to other financial advisors. And there are all kinds of different styles, by the way, You know, different uh, advantages, disadvantages. It's a complicated world, and that's one of the reasons that I do all these seminars and I'll try to do all the education, because it's complicated. It gets a little more complicated every day. They, there are new funds that come out every single day. Well, not every single day, but at least every week. There are new funds coming out every week. When I first started to uh, launch Bullington Capital, they were about... I don't know, a couple dozen exchange-traded funds. Now are there now there are several thousand. So you go from a couple dozen to several thousand. And I'd like to say I saw that coming. The reality is I did see it coming, but that's not a big observation. I mean, they had already started. I looked at it. I go, oh, yeah, that that would be perfect. You know exactly what those funds are holding because they have to tell you how they're going to buy them unlike a a mutual fund where you really were kind of guessing at what the mutual fund manager was holding. That was tough. You had to read the management's description, and normally you didn't find out that the portfolio manager had overweighted something he shouldn't have until the fund tanked, and then it came out in the news as to why that happened. So I thought it was a great idea to make everything a lot more transparent. If you want to invest in this particular category, then you just buy this fund, invest that way i thought that was beautiful and quite frankly i had no idea how fast (laughs) that was going to grow it is huge blackrock the biggest one of the biggest purveyors of of exchange traded funds actually surpassed vanguard and fidelity that's how big that industry is they have more assets under management than than vanguard or fidelity does And uh, I like these guys. They, They do some really good work. In fact, I use a lot of their research all the time. So it's really nice to be here in this position today to be able to look at this stuff. But it hasn't made it easier on individual investors. Because when you start putting out literally thousands of various options, it gets really difficult to be able to tell them apart. So... The thing that normally happens is they they revert back to I'm just want to see which one's done the best over the past one three five and ten year time periods well the uh what you're gonna end up with that doing it that way it's kind of like driving in your rearview mirror is if you don't know by the way the rear view mirror i mean you can do that and you can kind of keep your eyes on the road ahead of you as well <laughs> because that's where the rearview mirror is stationed okay and that that's what we'd like you to accomplish after coming out of one of the seminars, you've been looking in the rear view mirror exclusively. We'd like you to get to drop down at least half your vision to looking forward because oftentimes looking at how something has performed in the past is not always indicative of where it's headed. Okay. And if you can help yourself by looking at how it was done and how it's going to, how it may play out in the future, which stocks are underpriced, relative to the other ones, that's a good that's a good thing. That's knowledge that you can actually use. And I know this probably is boring people to death. <laughs> I can tell by the way the phones are lighting up. Yeah, and by the way, if you'd like to call 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945 is the, the line here in the radio station. If you want to sign up for the seminar, it's com. I promise it'll be a little more exciting. We are going to talk about the Lookout for the Bull website there, uh, it's still coming along. Um, things take some time sometimes. We're going to talk about the Bullington Capital Value Model and also the Momentum Models that we run through a firm that uh, is called Folio. It's an institutional brokerage firm that's also open to individuals. And I like those two models. Their descriptions, that's kind of what you look for when you're looking at funds. What are they doing with the money? That's what you really want to know. What are they doing with the money? What are the challenges of investing the money that way? All investing has certain challenges. The challenges of investing in CDs, incidentally, is that they just don't pay a whole lot. The highest CD rates in the country are not very high right now. And uh, that's the challenge there. It's safe. That's good. But it's a uh, very difficult to have a CD. It's got a 3% rate that's taxable. So I got a oh, uh, got somebody calling in here. Got a question or comment? And uh, hey, Tom, how you doing?
3: Bill, good morning. I just want to change the uh, subject
1: for a second. First of all, great show as always. And uh, second of all, I just want to say, go Buckeyes! Biggest game of the year coming up another half hour. So as soon as your show's over, yep. I'm sure all your uh, listeners. <laughs> And yourself will be watching it. So, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, that was my comment. So I just want to get one popped
5: up for the <laughs> game. And uh, great show. And I will see you Tuesday. And uh, have a great weekend.
2: Thanks. Thanks. You, too. Appreciate right, the buddy. call. Yep. Take Thanks, to Go, Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, That is going to be a, a huge game. So it's amazing. Yeah. In fact, I went last night to watch a high school football regional final. And I, the Kenson Bombers. And, you know, I... I'm embarrassed I can't even remember the name of the other team. But uh Kenston, right out here in Chagrin Falls. They're going to the state championship first time in an extremely long time. So go Bombers. The uh they won 40 to 7. That was a I thought it was a, a great game. Uh they the whole series has been phenomenal. In fact, I you know high school football is the rule changes are enforced much more uh firmly I think in high school football than they are at the collegiate or the uh, professional level. And it makes for a really interesting game. So that was a lot of fun. And uh, one of my good uh, friends of people over at PB Blaster, uh, the owner of that company's son, uh, is a all-state running back, very exciting. I call him the the dagger because right in the fourth quarter, every game I've seen him play in, he's always broken off this big run that just kind of breaks the back or the will. (laughs) Of the other, of the other team, so we're calling him, uh, or I am calling him the Dagger. The, uh, it's, but anyway, high school football is very interesting. A lot different. And I played back in the late seventies, early eighties. Nineteen eighty-one was my uh, actually nineteen eighty was my last year in high school. That game has changed dramatically, and for the better. I I really like the way they play it today versus the way that we played it. So anyway, if you have a, a question or comment that you'd like to make, you can always email me to bill at bullingtoncapital.com or you can go to my website. There's a contact us form there. The, uh, um, the bill at Bullington Capital is probably more reliable. For some reason, we don't always get our emails that come from the website. I'm not sure why. We still haven't got a really good answer to that. But the uh, So if you just want to type in that bill at Bullington Capital, just bookmark that in your email software. You can send me a question, and I'll try to get an answer for you as quickly as I can. And again, I think we're going to take a commercial break here in just a, uh, a few seconds, but uh, feel free to give us a call when we come back. That number here is 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945. And I think when we come back, I'll talk a little bit about goal-based planning uh, relative to cash flow-based planning. I know that's super exciting. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Bill Bullington, I'll be right back.
3: Do you ever find yourself saying? Porto Puerto Vallarta? Interested in room upgrades, beach reviews, or details about resort restaurants? How about finding a trip with a direct flight? At Vacation Fixation, we take all of your specific travel requests and shop our suppliers to find the best deal. What's the cost? Our suppliers pay us so you don't have to. Call 330-573-8147 for more details. Or you can visit our website at vacationfixation.com. Or check out the deal of the day on Facebook vacation
6: fixation bob vila here with my home improvement tip of the day how much snow on the roof is too much that depends a lot on the way your roof was constructed steep and smooth roofs tend to shed snow easily while roofs that are only slightly pitched or flat tend to collect big drifts another important factor is the weight of the snow Removing a heavy snow load can be tricky. If you have a multi-story house, you'd best not be climbing up and down icy, cold ladders to dizzying heights. Better to leave that to licensed, insured pros who have the right equipment to get the job done right. On the other hand, if you have a single-story home, you can use a long, telescoping snow rake to pull snow off the roof. One caution, though. Rakes that come into contact with shingles can do a lot of damage, so look for sturdy models with small rollers that keep the edge of the rake away from the shingles. Finally, before you start pulling snow off the roof, put some thought into where the snow is going to land. You don't want to damage your plants. Get more info at BobVila.com and right here at home with me, Bob Vila.
4: On the battlefield, there's a saying America's military men and women live by. Never leave a fallen warrior behind, ever. Off the battlefield, Wounded Warrior Project operates with the same goal, We leave no warrior behind. Wounded Warrior Project is a non-profit organization created to help our men and women returning home with the scars of war. Whether those scars are physical or mental, we're here to make sure that they heal. And whether it's helping those with post-traumatic stress disorder live a normal life again, or giving much needed support to injured warriors and veterans hospitals. Because no one deserves our help more than the men and women who risk their lives to keep us safe. Wounded Warrior Project. We never leave a fallen warrior behind. Ever. Learn more about what we do at WoundedWarriorProject.org.
1: Looking for a great way to save on taxes? Look no more. Just call Our Lady of the Wayside at 1-800-368-6262 and ask about their car donation program. It's simple and it works for everyone involved. You donate your ride, you write off the selling price, and the money goes to help the physically and mentally challenged citizens served by Our Lady of the Wayside. The number to call, 1-800-368-6262.
3: Where you are?
2: are back hey you're listening to bill bullington i'm here every saturday morning from 11 to noon 14 the answer this is uh shows also available as a podcast on 955 the fish.com and you can go to my website Bullington capital to pick it up there and sign up for the seminar that's coming up on thursday night 6 30 no cost to attend feel free to learn more about it there and i'm going to go right to the phones and adam
5: hi good morning bill
2: hey how are you doing
5: I'm doing great. Thanks for taking my call. No problem. I had a quick question about a um, a leap position that I was uh, considering on a stock Seagate Technologies.
2: Okay, let me pull that up really quickly. So what made you think of uh, a leap on Seagate?
5: Well, I'm going bottom fishing a little bit. I'm looking at value, and I'm thinking, um, I'm presuming that some investors might be ju- juiced up about the yield on it
3: about
5: the six percent yield,
2: right? And I know I don't know how healthy that is, but yeah, hang on pretty so. attractive. Yep. In fact, I've got to uh, pull that up really quickly here. Yeah, I have a uh, client that's actually held on to that stock for quite a while for the just for the dividend, and mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's interesting. Um, those kinds of stocks are well. It's a first of all, it's a technology stock, and it's in a space where the competition is intense. There are tons of manufacturers, uh, in that same industry and they're all, um, considered like commodity type products and they try to differentiate their products as much as they can. But the, you know, the impression that most people get when they're, or analysts get when they're looking at the company is that they have an awful lot of competition. So, but if I look at the revenue, Revenue was $11.5 billion over the past 12 months. And it was up 13.5%, which is pretty good. Their gross profit margin uh, was 30%. That's not super high, um, but it is pretty decent. And their their profit margin after uh, all expenses and taxes was around 15%, which is very good. The price-to-sales ratio, and it's only one. And I'm going to take a look really quickly uh this is what I generally do for any company. This is part of the 60 second test. I look at this, the sales and the profit margins and I look to see how they are historically. So I'm looking at the profit margins going all the way back to 2006. Okay. And it goes from a negative 124% in 2008 when, you know, the world was coming to an end and nobody was going to buy anything anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right. To a, uh, a high of 25%, which was just 2014. So you come uh, you know, five or six years later, it's at twenty five percent. The longer term average on it is right around is going to be somewhere between eight and ten percent, uh, which is fine. And that would that would typically put that stock about twice of the price that it's selling for today, if you know people believed that the good news was going to continue. So I think that's a rational thing that you're doing. I mean, the, uh, are the odds really high? Well, the fact that you're, you're paying for the time and buying a leap, that, that's a little, that, that'll be a challenge. And the type of company that it is, uh, also a challenge. It's always, it's always a challenge. So sure. I, this would be a higher risk, but I think it's logical and I think it makes sense. And I think that, uh, if it, you know, if you're not putting more than one to 2% of your, your assets in there, you'll be fine. Uh, if you're buying the, uh, options or the leaps the right way, that one or 2% could end up being, you know, 10 or 15%, uh, you know, of your total, meaning that could go, if, if this does really well, it could go up 10 or 15 times. I've seen that. I've experienced that personally. Uh, so, but, you know, they've got to, uh, continue to, their sales have got to continue to expand. You know, hopefully those margins will expand. And more importantly, the belief system from the, Professional investors that make those prices move up and down like that will start to solidify. And, and you know, if they look on it favorably, uh, favoringly, then the share price is going to move up. But, okay.
5: You, know, you would go out at least a year. You would buy one yeah. with at least a year of time. You know, I, I, I would. Understand.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That, okay. That's just me. Uh,
5: and, sure. No, I. I I mean, I've looked at it for a couple—well, about a month or two—and it seems to be bouncing around between forty and forty-five. But there's no solid footing, and I know that stock correlates with the market.
2: Yeah, heavily. It, Yeah, especially the uh, technology space. I, I will tell you this: I was really glad one one week. I was one day this week. I was up early. I was watching CNBC early in the morning. I have a tendency to do that sometimes. And uh, I think it was probably around uh, a little after six o'clock. And this guy is a portfolio manager. I couldn't even uh, remember who it is now. But anyway, he mentioned the 5G thing. And, you know, I, I feel a lot like I did back in 1996. When I first started on the radio, it was 1996. First, uh, The first company I, I'd actually started talking about was this company that nobody had heard of called Qualcomm. <laughs> it, it was a tiny little company, but it was growing really fast. And they had, and the promise was it was going to bring down the costs of a car phone. They weren't even calling them cell phones. It was going to bring down the cost of a, of a car phone. You were going to be able to send messages and play music and watch video. This is in 1996. None of that stuff was around at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And for, you know, two and a half, almost three years, that stock was stuck in a sideways trading range of about 40%. <laughs> wow. And then that, the, in one year, it goes up. If, if you had purchased it at the time that I first started talking about it, one year, it goes up from that price, 2300% in a year. For, yeah. From that initial price. I only caught half the move the, uh, because it was grossly overpriced when I sold it and then it doubled again.
5: <laughs> oh, brother.
2: But the, uh, and, and by the way, it's actually right around the price that I sold it at, you know, a little over 20 years ago. So uh or about eighteen years ago, so that th- those are stocks though that that 's what stocks do. I really like uh Seagate though, and the the, the reason I mentioned uh, all that stuff was this guy was talking about five g and I keep talking about five five g's going to be a, a big thing it 's going to be probably as big as Qualcomm was to the cell phone industry, but in this case it 's going to benefit all the semiconductor manufacturers, all the software providers it 's going to benefit. Uh, All industries that that use them, because semiconductors are relatively inexpensive, they can put them in there and improve their products, get more sales. So it's going to have a big impact on everything. Same way cable television did. Uh, You know, I remember when they were putting cable in the ground, uh, a lot of those stocks ran up as if they were going to keep growing at that pace forever. And, of course, we all know that that doesn't really happen that often. But for a long time, that created a tremendous amount of value. And if you were in the stock market at all, you benefited from that. And I think this 5G is going to help everybody, especially companies like Seagate Technology because the amount of data that's going to be flying through the air is is going to be literally multiples of the data that's going through the air now. And it's got to be stored. It's got to be easily accessible. So all these technology companies that make storage, the demand for their products is going to go up fairly significantly. But again, I'm back to where I was in 1996 talking about Qualcomm. <laughs> it might be two or three or four years you know, before that really kicks in. Uh, but it is coming, and that is going to drive unemployment. It's going to keep unemployment low. That's going to keep the economy moving because it's not just that industry that spills over into everything. I mean, my refrigerator for Pete's sake has a chip in it. I, I, it's killing me because I tried to avoid it, but when I bought it, it was turned off, so I didn't see the screen lit up. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, same thing with my stove and my microwave, they're all on Bluetooth. I, I can all I can talk to my appliances from here. Well, that when, with with five G, that stuff's going to be so fast that um, it might even be worth doing. At this point, I'm not going to do it, but the uh, yeah, it's just the way of things coming. So, I think in the long run, a company like a uh, Seagate probably a pretty decent investment, and especially with a dividend of you know five point eight percent. The uh, so I think buying a a leap on it, um, yeah, it it's riskier. And I got to tell you, I I think. My sure. batting average on leaps, by the way, is probably one out of five or six. Uh, probably over the last few years, has been like like one out of ten. <laughs> and uh, but when they do hit, you know, they you make a lot of money on those things. It's uh, mind boggling. But that's not really that's a super high risk investment. I know it's me. a gamble. Yeah,
5: I know yeah. it's a gamble, and I don't want to put a lot of money into yeah. it. But it was an idea of mine.
2: Um, I think it's totally logical. I I think it makes sense. So, and the fact that you're uh that you know that that is a uh, um higher risk situation that you yeah. yeah, that's perfect. You are doing I think you're doing the right things. As long as, long as you don't have more than one, two, one to 2% of your net worth, whatever that is, you know, I wouldn't put much more than that in that.
5: All right, well, Bill, once again, thanks for picking my call. And have a great weekend.
2: Oh, thanks. You too. Have a good okay, weekend. And I only have a couple more minutes. So I don't know if you want to call me in the office, you'd be feel free to do that. The, uh, that was a great call by the way. Seagate technology. I don't know if you know who they are. Uh, symbol is STX, uh, closed at $42 and 95 cents. That's got a dividend close to 6%. Um, you know, and you look at just the numbers, just the numbers. This looks like a really attractive stock. I mean, really attractive. In fact, I gotta go see if that's in one of my, that should be my book, bull, Bullington capital value model. I don't know if it is or not because that's, holds 50 stocks so <laughs> i hear the music oh, The show is over i know some of you are going thank god <laughs> i'm just kidding anyway you're listening to bill bullington i'm here every saturday morning from 11 to noon i'm on the answer have a good week everybody good luck and good investing
3: of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC.
0: The preceding program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem